What is up, ladies and gentlemen of the CWC, casual wrestling fans? Um, how is it going? I hope you guys are having a fantastic week so far. Thank you all for tuning in, whether it's on YouTube or on Podcast Network. I do appreciate you guys checking it out. It's to start this like we always do with some housekeeping. Again, if you're watching on Podcast Networks, follow or subscribe set up the notifications that way you get alerted every time an episode is uploaded same thing on on youtube with the algorithm sometimes youtube's a little bit finicky with how they send alerts sometimes you don't get notified um so make sure that that notification bell is pushed you subscribe you push all on the notification bell and you should be good to go with the notifications every time an episode is dropped um so there there's that also on podcast networks leave us a, a five-star review um that would really mean the world to me if you don't like the show though i don't want you to lie uh leave it a one star if that's how you feel but you know you, know, you gotta pick a side there is no neutral you know even though you know be i'm i'm, I'm gonna be a history nerd for a minute here I know everyone tries to say, "Oh, the Netherlands, they remain, they didn't, they didn't remain neutral. They didn't fight for what was right. Therefore, they fought for what was wrong." Uh, that's how I look at it. You, you can't remain neutral. You either like it or you dislike it. I don't need a three-star review. Give me that five or give me the one. All right. So uh, I prefer the five if you like it. Um, if you don't like it, give me the one. Tell me where you need me to improve. I'm willing to take that criticism. Uh, anyway, we'll move forward with that last little bit of housekeeping is this is right here going to be the episode we announce who the winner of the top women's wrestler tournament in the Slapping Meat Wrestling podcast, Slapping Meat Wrestling community, CWC community. We're all sort of one in the same, right? And so through the Discord community, we have... We have settled on one person, and it's not unanimous. Um, but this is sort of how this is how you know democracy works. You you get the vote. Um, we actually, I purposely did not vote on the finals matchup for a reason. Normally, I would post the the thing in the Discord, and I would be the first one to vote. Um, I one didn't want to sway anyone's vote, but I two I wanted to see how the vote ended up being without me voting i wanted right and, and it before i voted it was a tie and this was why i didn't vote because i didn't want it to be a tie because of me um i wanted you know my vote to actually be the tiebreaker um so as you guys know if you if, if you've joined before our finals in this tournament was rhea ripley versus charlotte flair there is a case for both women and i haven't really broke down these matchups and how i would vote um in a while, I know I started the tournament doing it that way, 
Um, but I, I, I sort of stopped doing it. I'm going to break down the arguments for both of these people, Charlotte and Rhea, and then I'm going to announce essentially who won because of my vote. My vote went towards the winner, and we're going to announce here who is the winner. So what's the case for Rhea Ripley? Um, she's, she's still super young. Um, she's, she's got a lot of career ahead of her and she's already accomplished so much. She, um, has definitely proven over the last couple months that she's, is probably the best women's wrestler right now. Um, but with this tournament, I, I don't want this to sort of have that recency bias, right? So so a con against Rhea Ripley to me is recency bias, right? Um, I feel like because she's hot right now, everyone's going to feel, you know, cheer for her. For, for Charlotte Flair, the number the number one critique you, people give on Charlotte Flair is that she's only where she's at. She's only in this position, and I hear it in casual fans, and I hear it in the IWC with the hardcore fans, that the only reason Charlotte Flair is where she at is because of the Flair last name. And I have to completely disagree. Did she get the job at WWE because of daddy's name? Absolutely. But she, I can, I can make the argument that when her, Becky, Sasha, and Bailey were all in NXT, right, and they were coming up through NXT, I can make the argument that she was probably – third on that list, right? Sasha and Bailey were the top two women in NXT. Then it was Charlotte. Then it was Becky. Um, Charlotte, though, has, has, has definitely gotten better. She's earned everything she's gotten. Um, and I, I can't take that away from her. I think athletically, she's, she's more, she's more athletic than Rhea. With that being said, I think Rhea's a little bit better on the mic. Um, and so my four criteria that I always look at when I'm when I'm judging women wrestlers. Because um, for men, there's three criteria. And then for women, I add the fourth, um, because uh, which is attractiveness, right? And so it's overall marketability, promo skill, and then in-ring work. And then for women, I add attractiveness. Because as a man, and I think most wrestling fan, fans who are men, that that plays a part in in, in how um, the woman's wrestler is perceived, right? If they're not attractive, a lot of men aren't going to be attracted to watch them, right? Um, it goes in with the marketability, right? So this ultimately, to me, I think Rhea is better on the mic. I think she's I think she's an even better wrestler and performer than Charlotte. I just think Charlotte's a little bit more athletic. Um, and then with the attractiveness, I think both are about the same in the attractiveness level to me, to be completely honest. So this really comes down to me, to the marketability. And to me, to the mainstream audience, Charlotte Flair is more widespread marketable than Rhea Ripley. I personally, I like I like the gothic aesthetic, but not everyone likes the gothic aesthetic. It's not for everybody, and therefore, I think if you put Rhea Ripley on your on your poster, 
it's hard to market Rhea Ripley to certain to certain groups in the in 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 American you know TV market, right? You can market it to some people and and maybe even a majority of people, but not all people. Whereas Charlotte Flair, I feel is a, a, is a lot more marketable in a mainstream setting outside of wrestling. That Charlotte is the one who is is more marketable. For that reason, really alone, because everything else they're about tied on, right? And I can argue that Rhea Ripley is the best women's wrestler active today. But we're really looking at an all-time, taking a look at the resume and, and, and the different criteria. And, and for that reason, the first ever Slapping Meat Wrestling Podcast Top Women's Wrestler Tournament winner is Charlotte Flair. Um, for the reasons mentioned, right? And Rio's very close. Um, and so, you know, I want to thank everyone in the Discord who did take the time to vote throughout this tournament. Um, it, it, I mean, this took, I mean, it wasn't a lot of work to make the graphics and everything, but, you know, there was a lot of time that went into it. And, and I'm glad some people, you know, really sort of bought into and used that for um, some enjoyment. I, I try to make some you know, content that's that, that the community can, can be interactive with. With that being said, we're going to take a break on the tournaments for the rest of this month, starting the first show in October. Um, I don't know what date. I don't know the calendar offhand. Um, but the first Wednesday in October, we're going to start with the men's tournament. Now, because of the amount of men that have been in this industry that I feel – could be considered in this tournament when you look at the past, the present, and what's coming up in NXT. We're doing a 64-man tournament. It's gonna be this is gonna be a long tournament. This is probably definitely gonna take us to the end of 2023. And possibly I can even see this taking us through uh you know, probably up to like Royal Rumble, maybe even closer to Mania. Um, before we finish that tournament. So this is going to take a chunk of time to get this 64-man tournament. Um, normally, we do two matchups per, per week. We're going to do four. I have it basically four quadrants. It'll be one matchup per quadrant in this tournament. I'll, 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 I'm going to release the bracket for that the week before it starts um, on the show. If you're in the Discord, you already have seen the bracket because it hasn't been released there is a perk of being in the discord. Um, and so we'll end this sort of housekeeping segment with go join the discord. And at, while you're at it, go uh, um, like, and subscribe to the casual wrestling community uh, show run by notorious nerdy D go to his YouTube page. He puts the link to the discord in there. Um, and, um, and so go like subscribe his page. Um, with it being his community, I really want to give him all the props. I don't want to take credit for none of it. He's the one really putting in the work, building it. He's doing a lot of work to build the community in the Discord. Um, and so I definitely want to shout him out every chance I get. Go like his show. Very he, very entertaining. He does Raw and SmackDown post shows um, right after the episode. And then a Wednesday show that gets a little bit more. Uh, in depth with some of the news, more fantasy booking now. 
Um, and so it's it's a very fun community to be a part of. Um, so go ahead and go over, like, share, subscribe his channel as well, and join the Discord at the links in his videos. With that, housekeeping has been sort of taken care of. Let's uh, let's let's get into the meat of this show. So, sort of to give a general overview, we'll review Raw SmackDown um, from from the last seven days. So SmackDown from last Friday, and then Monday Night's Raw, and then uh, we got uh, we got one bit of piece of news from from Tuesday, and then my main thing topic. Um, and then we'll end the show with guess that storyline and guess a new segment. I think B master recommended this guess that champion. Now you may be wondering, I thought those were Saturday segments. They are. However, due to just my schedule and everything, I have decided I'm a little burnt out with this. I'm going to be completely honest, a little burnt out with, wrestling in general um and so i'm gonna sit back i'll do i'm gonna go back to one episode a week it'll be on wednesdays and we're it's gonna be a longer show but it will be all the news all the review and then starting next wednesday i'll take your guys's questions on wednesday as well so continue to add uh questions and suggestions in the discord um you can also leave them in the comment section if you're not in the discord if you really don't want to join the discord itself you can leave them in the comments, um, and uh, and as as those come in, uh, I'll take a look at those as well. Um, so let's jump ju- jump in. Excuse me. Let's jump into last Friday's SmackDown. Um, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. I I don't think a lot it really happened on the show anyway. Um, so we started with Shotzi and Charlotte, I think, versus Damage Control. Um, and the really the only thing I really have to say with this is that Shotzi and Charlotte is a super weird pairing. And I'm going to be honest. Like I said, I'm a little bit burnt out with wrestling. So Raw and SmackDown have seemed a little bland to me. Um, it just seems a little lazy in the booking. And it, it's super bleh, right? And so... This is just a weird pairing with Shotzi and Charlotte. I get they both have sort of like previous history with damage control, but I, I don't know. It's just a weird pairing seeing them together. Um, and this was this has been my problem with the women's tag division for the longest time for for a while is that they just throw random people together. Now I know Shotzi and Charlotte aren't going to be a team. But but I just at this point we just gotta can can we just get rid of I don't necessarily think it's needed um, any any longer the, the women's tag division I mean I just get rid of the belts create two, uh, two mid card titles one for each brand and and I think that's fine right we then have L A Knight versus Austin Theory again another match. Um, not much I really want to talk about with it. I don't really do reviews of, you know, the, the moves that happen. You know, it, this was definitely just a way to to get L.A. Knight some more, you know, buzz, some more wins, another victory to be taken serious. Um, but here's a legitimate question, and, and Notorious Nerdy D brought this up on the Casual Wrestling, the SmackDown post show last Friday. 
he brought up the idea of what if the trade was Miz? You know, so Jey Uso got traded to Raw, and in return, someone that's unannounced, and everyone assumed it was going to be Cody, would be traded to SmackDown. What if that is Miz? And, and, and Tori Cerny brought this up, and I thought about it, and, and it makes a lot of sense. This would be a very good place to put Miz to help the sort of, I guess, new tag team of, of Grayson Waller and Austin Theory. The more that I think about it, the more that it it, it does work, yeah, right? We then have Judgment Day and the Brawling Brutes. This is um, this this was a, a, a nothing burger, nothing special happened in this match here. Um, the tag team division really just it needs help as well. The men's tag division really needs help. But the, if you know WWE, they really don't focus on their tag team wrestling, so it's not surprising. Um, but the, the the solution's simple at this point, and it's been the same solution for the last six months. Split the damn titles up. That's all you got to do. Get a get us a Raw champion and a SmackDown champion, and I think the division, the 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 divisions flow more. And we'll talk more about Judgment Day when we go over Raw, because I have some some stuff to say about the Judgment Day. Um, when we get there, um, towards the end of the Raw review, then we have Jimmy versus AJ Styles. It was a decent main event. Um, and so the question that I I came out of this is: Is Jimmy trying to get back in the bloodline? And I want to mention this because a lot of people, a lot of people are, you know, I've seen a lot of response towards what Jimmy was doing on SmackDown as, oh, it's, it, you know, he's, he, they, they broke them up and now they're putting them back together, right? It makes no sense. And I don't think that's what's happening, right? And so I'm going to take you again on a little history lesson because I really think Unless you understand what I think they're trying to to explain it and to completely understand, if you don't have an understanding of like how ancient times work, you won't understand the way Roman Reigns is being portrayed because they're portraying Roman Reigns as an as a Roman emperor, right? Just with the uh, just with the sort of tribal aspect to it right and so ancient kingdoms right so you have you know egypt um the 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 dynasties in china but those were sort of far eastern they sort of regulated themselves differently than the major world powers at the time which was egypt mesopotamia which is babylon persia um and then like rome and greece right As, as we go through history Right. Um, and so the number one example I could use of this is, is King Xerxes of the Persian Empire, who was so ruthless. Um, he would sit on his throne and he would have two guys behind him with, I don't know the name of the weapons, but think of like the Grim Reaper, the long, the long staff with the curved, uh, curved blade on it. He would have one on each side. And if anyone stepped into the throne room while the king was on the throne and they were unannounced, they were not invited by the king to be there, they would, these two men behind them would literally cut the, the person's head off, right? And so you, you didn't interact with the king. Normal people just didn't interact at all with the king. You had to be invited to the king's throne room, right? With that also being said, the penalty for treason or for a coup that failed, right? If, if I was tired of the king and his rule, 
So the the, number, the key example here is is Julius Caesar, who was assassinated in a coup attempt by his his Senate. They, right, and so if that were to fail, they would all have been persecuted, not just persecuted, but prosecuted and ultimately executed. Um, and so that's what's being displayed here. So when what Jimmy Uso is doing is he's trying to kiss ass. He's trying to, to make amends because he understands, you know, his, his idea was, you know, if I do this, I can make Jim, uh, make Solo and Jay join my side and we'll have the numbers and we can defeat Roman and take control. Well, that didn't happen. So now Jimmy's by himself and he knows that Roman's going to come after him and, and, and give him the same sort of beat down that, that you would expect an angry king who'd just been betrayed by his own his own bloodline to, to act, right? And so that's what that's what's going on here. So he's kissing ass. And this is this is a very good way. Like it's not stupid. It's not it's not like corny or anything. It's just it, it, I think it's actually very good storytelling. Because what this could end up becoming, Roman's going to deny any request for Jimmy to join the bloodline. It's going to end, to end with them having a match. Possibly, I would assume, Crown Jewel um, or, or Survivor Series. One of those two in November. And then it's going to end with Roman winning and then Jimmy sort of being pinned into the rope, sort of like hung in the ropes like he did with Kevin and like he did with Sami Zayn, right? And he's going to give the chair to Solo. And I think we can, this is how we can start to lean into the Solo-Sokoa turn on Roman Reigns. Which I, because I've all, if it wasn't Jey Uso at SummerSlam, then I've always believed if it wasn't going to be Jey at SummerSlam, it was going to be Solo at WrestleMania. I think this thing ends at WrestleMania with Solo-Sokoa beating Roman Reigns. Because I think Solo's going to turn at either Crown Jewel or Survivor Series, which gives us the whole month of December, all of January, through the Rumble. I would even have him win the Rumble and then build through February and March. And so for about four and a half months, you can build the story between Solo and Roman and right, what happens when a king loses power though, and he's being betrayed? He gets paranoid, and that's what Roman's gonna go through when he loses the numbers game. He's gonna be paranoid. You could then have the side story of of Paul Heyman looking for a new client because he knows that the money, the his meal ticket is about to about to get beat. Right, so. I think there's a lot more story that we could tell in the next four and a half, five months leading up to WrestleMania. Um, but I don't think this is like bad storytelling. I think a lot of people just don't fully understand what is going on with it. And, and again, I'm not trying to say I'm like smarter than anyone. I just have a love for history and, and I, and I notice trends in stories They're they're, they're telling Roman history. They're telling the, they're telling the assassination of, of Julius Caesar. That's why if you go back um, a few episodes, it's probably been about two or three months now. 
when Jay turned, I named it Et Tu Jay, um, which is in reference to what Julius Caesar said to Brutus when Brutus stabbed him in the back, Et Tu Brut, you two Brutus, right? So I've noticed this trend from almost the beginning of the storyline that this was going to be sort of Roman Reigns portrayed as a tribal version of the Roman Empire. And it would end with a coup and then a, a, a assassination or sort of like ending of the career of Roman Reigns. Because I think once Roman Reigns loses the title, there's no reason for him to be there. And so he'll just he'll go to Hollywood. I think it's t- I think it's about time for him to do that, right? All right, so so that's SmackDown. Now we'll move to Raw, and I got a lot more. I don't want to say notes, but I got a lot more written down about uh, about Raw. Now the first thing I'll say is is it's for this episode of Raw to be the first Raw to go against Monday Night Football for the season. I thought. Overall, it was a pretty boring episode. I'm going to be completely honest. The only reason I stayed up and watched the entire episode of Raw Live was for the main event of Rhea Ripley and Raquel and for whatever they were going to do with Gunther since he has the record, right? And so we start with Jimmy, or excuse me, we start with Jay and Kevin Owens, and they sort of start with a promo against each other, which then leads to the Judgment Day coming out, and that leads to a match between Jey Uso and Kevin Owens versus the Judgment Day. And this is when I'll talk about the Judgment Day. But before we get there, I don't think this does anything for Jey Uso. Like, I don't understand why we're trying to force Jey to be respected in the locker room. I am not a fan at all of this storyline with what they're doing with Jey. Jey Uso is your number one babyface, possibly in the company. I know LA Knight gets gets big pop, but I think Jey Uso gets just as much, if not more, pop than LA Knight. Jey Uso's over as a babyface. Why are we trying to force him to sort of earn this respect? We don't need to, right? I feel like what they're doing is they're they're trying to f- tear down what they built so they can rebuild it again, and you don't have to do that. That's just doing too much work. Right, he should be out there playing superhero with Sami Zayn. I, that, that's what he should be doing. And I just I don't understand the, what we're trying to do here with Jey Uso. Um, right, so this segment was what it was. But let's talk about the Judgment Day. I, I think the Judgment Day, first off, I'm a fan. You've seen me on the podcast wear the shirts before. I've talked about it numerous times. Judgment Day is the best thing in, in wrestling right now, in terms of like active wrestling, right? What we see here in in the here recently, right? It's the best thing going on. My problem with it is is when Judgment Day shows up on all three shows, week in and week out, you start to sort of get annoyed. I don't. I'm not. I don't want to say annoyed, but it starts to be overexposure. So I like to use food as, a, as an example here. Um, there's a dude on TikTok. I don't know the name or else I'd give him credit. But he's, he started doing a, a challenge where all he was going to eat, he was going to eat Chipotle every single day until Chipotle gave him the, the gold card, which is essentially free Chipotle for life. 
So essentially he just wanted to earn free Chipotle. And so I think like 365 days into the challenge where he ate Chipotle for 365 days straight, Chipotle finally, you know, recognized him and gave him a challenge to go to like a thousand days. Basically it was like they challenged him to get to a thousand days. This week he entered like day like six something where to where it was exactly one year away from a thousand days of doing this. Right. And I, and I mentioned this because he, he eats the same Chipotle bowl every single day. Now for me, like I couldn't do this. Like I would have to switch up what I ordered. Chipotle is good. And I could eat Chipotle every day if I wanted to, because Chipotle is very good, at least to me. Um, and I know there's better sort of versions of Chipotle, but I still think Chipotle itself is very good. Um, but I couldn't eat the same exact food every single day. I just couldn't do it, right? Because every so often, like after a week or so of eating the same thing, I would just get so overexposed to it that I would I would stop craving it. Same thing happens to me with music where like I, I get in a mood sometimes where I listen to like one playlist and I listen to it for like weeks at a time and then I lose interest in that genre because I, I make my playlist by genre. So like there's a country playlist, there's a hip hop playlist, there's a, a, a rock slash metal playlist. Um, I have a whole WWE playlist. I don't really listen to it unless I'm at like a, a live event and I'll play it in through the parking lot just to see if people react to it. Uh, but like every now and then, you know, let's say I was listening to the country playlist and I listened to it for like two or three weeks straight. I get tired of listening to it. And so I switch the playlist because I don't crave the country music anymore. Right. Or I don't crave the, the rap or hip hop anymore. So with that, um, with the Judgment Day, I feel like we're being overexposed to what they're to them on TV because I just they come out and I'm like, meh. I, I just don't really care about them anymore because we see them three times a week in some aspect of of the show, and to me, it's starting to just be repetitive and lazy with having them just show up because you know, it's going to be, you know, a, a quick pop. And, and, and it's, a, it just feels real lazy to me, but we'll move on. Tazawa versus the Miz. I was, I was on my phone this whole match. Did not watch a single second of this match. I have nothing to say about it. I am not a big fan of this. Again, this is sort of lazy booking where you just put together a bunch of random matches that make no sense and nothing comes from it. This is something of that. Now, right, this could have been a promo segment where Miz, you know, came out and, and talked about LA Knight again and built up the match for Friday. But instead, I have Miz fighting Akira Tozawa, who is in NXT as well in this little tournament they're doing, and he's getting his ass kicked in every one of those matches. And so, like, there's no, there's no reason for this. Um, th this could have been a storyline or a promo to build a storyline rather than just another worthless match, right? We then get the Gunther ceremony uh, to celebrate his his record days as champion. That gets interrupted by Chad Gable, which then sets up a match later on. 
down the night. We then have Drew McIntyre versus Xavier Woods. Uh, Matt Riddle's now was taken off the show after an incident at JFK Airport over the weekend. Um, which does get rid of Riddle. There's no reason to keep him on the roster. He's just he's a hassle. Like he he has more scandals brought against him uh, than anyone else I can think of at this moment. Right? Like it's just just get rid of him. He's not needed. And it's not like if, if Riddle went to AEW or went to some comp competitor. It's not like he's going to be the most overdue there. Riddle's too big for AEW. Right? He wouldn't fit in. Um, so I I wouldn't even be worried. Riddle, just get rid of him. He's, he's a headache at times. Right? Um, but Drew is alone now, and it, it appears like Drew's acting as if he's alone because I think he's getting a match with uh, uh, Jay next week. So... But, uh, yeah, so, again, this match just didn't really lead to anything. Um, so, just I, I didn't understand why we needed to have it. We had Chelsea Green versus Shayna Baszler. Again, I've already talked about the women's tag division. Just get rid of it. Uh, but, I mean, she's doing the best she can. Um, I'm not feeling the story against Shayna, mostly because it's in it. I, actually, it's 100% because I'm just not a big fan of Shayna Baszler. I don't see what's so special about her. I'm not a fan of the UFC MMA style gimmicks in wrestling because if I wanted to watch a UFC fighter, I would go watch UFC. And so I wish WWE would would stay away from the the boxer or mixed martial art gimmicks because if I if I if I wanted to see mixed martial arts, I'd go watch mixed martial arts. Is sort of how I look at it. We then move into Seth Rollins coming out. Uh, wearing a jacket that looked like he killed a thousand Muppets. Um, and, and, and all I'll say about this is I'm tired. I'm tired of Seth Rollins, man. His gimmick's boring. It's flat. I want to heal Seth Rollins. The, 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 the putting Seth Rollins on the card on the show, just so you can get them to sing the song is, is done. Um, I'm not interested in the story with Shinsuke at all. Um, mostly because of Seth Rollins. Whenever his, he comes on TV, I sort of just tune out because I'm just so over this gimmick. Um, and, and and I feel bad for Shinsuke, but I'm not convinced that Shinsuke can beat Seth because he didn't do it the last time. So I just, I don't, I don't understand why we had to continue this feud. Um, if Shinsuke was going to win, it should have been at payback, not at fast life. Right. We then get Alpha Academy uh, teaming with Tommaso Ciampa versus Imperium. It, it was a thing. It happened. Um, it's definitely going to lead to another Gable versus Gunther match where Gable's probably going to win the IC title. We then go backstage. Uh, Tiffany Stratton and Becky Lynch officially signed the contract for the match. Anytime Tiffany Stratton's on TV is a good time for me. Uh, especially when Becky Lynch is involved as well. We then get to our main event. The only reason I stayed up was for this segment right here, the main event. Uh, Raquel Rodriguez versus Rhea Ripley for the title. Very solid match. Very good worked, worked match. It felt pay-per-view worthy. Um, but, oh, boy, Triple H, he did something here. And he made a lot of people mad. He brought back 
Nia Jax, who interrupted this match, helped Rhea retain, and then attacked Rhea at the end. Nia Jax is back. And I've heard so many people complain, 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 complain. Oh, who asked for this? No one wants her here. She's a danger to the wrestlers. Blah, 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 blah. About Nia Jax. I've heard it all day Tuesday. Heard it all day Tuesday about why Nia Jax should not be wrestling this, that, and, and the third. And every reason under the moon why Nia Jax should not have returned. And I'm going to be the voice of reason here to say this is exactly what WWE needed for the Raw Women's Division. Nia Jax will benefit Rhea Ripley. Let me explain. Because everyone's going to sit here and be like, oh, she's going to crush Raquel. No, 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 no. Listen to to, Let's actually think this through. Right, because I think a lot of people. I'll tell you what. When I saw Nia Jax, my my jaw hit the floor. I wanted to scream. I really more so wanted to laugh, and then I wanted to cheer when I saw the IWC reaction. Like I went through all the emotions last uh, Monday night when it happened. And let's let's logically think through how you could use Nia Jax. Right. So Fastlane's probably going to be Rhea versus Nia. Rhea's going to easily retain. Rhea's going to be hot-headed. She's going to go right after her. Why did you attack me? You, you know, stay out of my way. You know, the same way she attacked Raquel and Liv and Lyra Vicaria, she'll do the same for Nia Jax and, and beat her in a match. Right? But, I, I, but look at how we could book this match. Nia, Nia is is the legitimate threat for the last six months. Everyone has asked for a legit contender for Rhea Ripley so that she's not facing Selena Vega, so that she's not facing Natalia, so she's not facing Liv Morgan. Everyone's asked for a legitimate contender, and as soon as they get one, these same people begin to complain that this isn't the one they wanted because it isn't one of the favorites. It's not who they wanted to be the legitimate contender. Therefore, it's not legit. And that's crazy to me. That's crazy to me. That, that, that people will sit here and complain about Nia Jax not being a legitimate contender, right? Is she a credible threat? Absolutely she is. How come? Her size and the fact that she has not been seen in about a year. If we take away the Rumble appearance, which was just random, I'll agree her coming back at Royal Rumble this January was very random. But before then, she has not done an actual bell-to-bell match since 2021. So it's been a while, a long time, about two years since we've seen Nia Jax in this capacity. And so you can build the storyline that that is the danger to Rhea Ripley. That is the threat. To Rhea Ripley, that we that Rhea Ripley has never fought Nia Jax, and there's the threat, that, right? Because what has Rhea basically done through the Raw Women's Division? She's acted like the schoolhouse bully, and what happens when the bully finally has to fight someone that is that the bully size? 
Now, now the advantage, right? Because the bully goes to the smaller people that they know they can beat, and they bully them, right? But when someone their size shows up, they cower. The size advantage for Rhea Ripley goes away, right? And so we could have a match where where Rhea's doing everything she can in this match at, at Fastlane to beat Nia, and it's just not working. And Nia's looking like maybe she's going to win. And then guess what happens? Raquel Rodriguez comes out and attacks Nia. Not because she wants to save Rhea, but because she's getting back at, at Nia Jax for attacking her. And then this could go into a feud between Raquel and Nia where you can build Raquel Rodriguez to be this strong force, right? Just, you know, imagine like her just in a match with Nia Jax at Crown Jewel at some Survivor Series where she picks up Nia Jax and then drop, like, like puts her down, right? Picks her up and, and slams her down in this, in this strength of, or this feat of strength, right? And then you could get her over that way to where then we get the mania match where it matters between Raquel and Rhea. If we, if we, we need to logically think this through, the problem with a lot of people is they see things and they instantly react with the emotion of the, this isn't the way that I want it to go. Therefore, right. But this was a legitimate surprise. I haven't been surprised like this in quite a while with wrestling. So I'm here for it. And if the IWC is crying, I will, I will get out my big cup and I'll collect the tears and I'll just bask in them. I saw a report before I started recording. Nia Jax's place is the second heel on the Raw roster, meaning Rhea's number one, Nia's number two. She's going to get TV time, right? And everyone's like, well, I want Gargano. Well, Gargano obviously isn't moving the needle. Nia Jax is going to be on TV. There's nothing we could do about it. Oh, but she's dangerous. Yeah, back in 2018, 2019, 2020, she's had time in the last two years to train. And she has been training. Um, I forgot who it was. She was training with someone. I mean, I saw an article at least a month or two ago that she was training, looking to get back into wrestling. So she's been working. And a lot of her injuries, a lot of the spots where she was there, where, where, where her opponent got injured, were either high spots, like Charlotte Flair, you know, diving off the top rope. Charlotte should have looked back and said, oh, Nia's not in place. Maybe I should wait or right, scream at her and tell her to get into place, right? That's something that should have been corrected not and not fully blamed on, on Nia there. Now, there's some instances where it is Nia. It's, you should be able to whip someone into the rope without separating their shoulder like she did with Bailey, right? But some of the spots like Kyrie Sant's injury, why are we having – Someone like Nia Jack's size throwing someone like Kyrie Sane's size into steel steps. I, I just don't think Nia Jax recognized how much force she exhumed or, or put out with her body size. What people don't realize is when you're a bigger person doing normal everyday tasks, you do a lot of things with more force, right? And a lot of times, if you're not sort of self-conscious to it, 
you can sort of uh, not even notice that you're that you're being a little bit more aggressive than you think you are. For example, when I used to, I used to play rec league uh, basketball, was not good enough to make it like high school level or anything like that. I was not a good basketball player at all, but I liked playing basketball. I live in North Carolina; it's a basketball sport. Um, and so when I played rec league, I played center, right? And and like I said, I wasn't good, so like I was, I stayed on the block, right? I didn't move from the block. I moved from like I, I moved every now and then to set a pick or whatever. But you know, if I had the ball right and I had the elbow, like I was scared to go full force with the elbow because of how big I am, right? And I was afraid I was going to hurt somebody because I was self conscious of that I'm the biggest guy on this court here, right? And I didn't want to hurt nobody. I'm not an aggressor, like aggressive type person where I can just run somebody over. Right? I'm afraid I'm going to hurt somebody. And so I was sort of conscious of that. Maybe Nia Jax wasn't. Maybe Nia Jax did not realize that, 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 that because of how much bigger she was than the rest of the opponent she was going against. But that's also something WWE has to recognize. Right? She shouldn't be doing spots where she's literally ragdolling these smaller women. That makes no sense. You shouldn't put her in that position especially with the lack of experience she had at the time. But she's had two years since she's last been in a bell-to-bell match to train and get better. And the fact that we're not giving them time to do that when you gave guys like Gargano time to get over and it didn't work, right? but you're not going to give Nia Jax time to get over? I, I, I just don't get it. And then to the IWC who wants to sit here and be like, oh, but performer safety – when you obviously don't care about performer safety, because if you did, you would tell Omega and, and Osprey to stop trying to kill each other. So I, I'll just I'll just leave it I'll, I'll leave it there. Um, with with that, so that, there's the Raw and SmackDown review. Let me know what you guys thought of these these episodes, um, and then we'll we'll, we'll 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 move on from here. The Endeavor sale as of Tuesday, it's not, so first off, it's not a sale, it's a merger. I think that's a key thing. Like Endeavor didn't buy WWE. They sort of just merged the two companies together. They merged UFC and WWE into TKO. Um, And it's owned by Endeavor. It's a, it's a merger, not really a sale. Um. So my question, and I already asked the Discord this, my question is, is with the new company sort of being known as TKO, should WWE create a TKO championship that's sort of like a TV championship that gets defended on Raw and SmackDown? Because what we need is a TV title. The shows desperately need one. And they desperately need one so that there's something of interest every week. You could do a V title match. So so I'll go the way like the way that I booked when I when I did like the the, the Queen City Pro Wrestling thing on 2K. When I was doing it, I would do right first off that that was two matches every week that we had plan that would happen. It gave people something to look for. It was the TV championship match and then the number one contendership match for, right? So you would have your champion defend every week 
and then you would find out who he was defending against every week for the next week, right? So um, it gives you sort of stuff to put on there so you don't have to book these random un, unimportant matches. And it's a, a way to give the mid-card something to fight for, right? Some of these guys like Ricochet, you can create an entire division even if you wanted to of just these fast-paced wrestlers who could put on fantastic matches. Think of someone like Wes Lee and Tyler Bate and Dragunov and, and Ricochet. People could just put on these fantastic matches that we could see Monday and Fridays while they defend the belt. I think that would be fantastic. A, a smart idea. So I want to know, what do you guys think um, about that idea? All right, so let's move to the, the main thing. This is the main segment of the show, basically. And the question that I'm going to ask is normally going to come, this is normally going to come in form of some sort of news story or in, in form of a question that I'll ask. So the, as seen in the title, who is wrestler of the year so far? So I'm going to name my candidates. And then I'm going to give you who I think the actual person is. And so my candidates for wrestler of the year I start with Jey Uso. He was the first name I thought of. He he did some good work this year, right? Then I moved to MJF. Really, the only reason I I would ever pay attention to AEW is MJF. I think I think you have to give him some credit for what he's what he's done this year. Then I have Gunther. Um, then I have Rhea Ripley. I then have Damian Priest. Because I think Damian Priest has done a lot of good work. His match in Puerto Rico against Bad Bunny, fantastic. Um, he's he's done a lot. He's got a big push with Money in the Bank. I think Damian Priest should be in the consideration of being Wrestler of the Year. This is where I want to get a little bit of hate for Dominic Mysterio. The Dom Dom's been doing his shit this year, man. I mean, you you, you don't have to like the dude. But you can't take away the fact that Dominic Mysterio, he's got legit heat, man. He's got legit heat. And, I mean, he's earned his place where he's at right now. I like where Dom is at right now. I think he's had a fantastic year. And then I added Wesley. Because Wesley on NXT is secretly put together a fantastic year of when he was North American champion. And then in this last little bit, the last few weeks of trying to fight for the world championship, like he's put in a, a, a big resume of this year. And so I think he should be in the consideration as well. But ultimately, I think this is easy with the candidates that I have listed. It's easy. It's Gunther. Gunther is wrestler of the year. He's the most consistent wrestler on the roster, he puts on banger matches every single time he steps in the ring. He's great on the mic. Imperium is great. G Gunther may have had a better title run than Seth Rollins has had this year. He's definitely the most important champion on that roster at the moment. So I think Gunther has to win wrestler of the year. Right? And I know that's not going to be popular in the IWC community. That's probably going to give it to Osprey or... Zack Sabre Jr. is one of these other nerds that are out there that, that flip and shit. But Gunther is the wrestler of the year, at least to me so far at this point. Now we have the rest of September, October, November, and December to change that. Um, but I, I think we have to give it to Gunther as we stand right now. 
Let me know what you guys think. Who is wrestler of the year to you? All right. So um, now we move into the sort of ending of the show here. We're going to do guess that storyline and then guess that champion that we're going to start with. All right. So last week's guess that storyline. I'm not going to read it because I don't have it pulled up with me. Um, but the, no one got it right. No one got it right in the Discord. The only place you can guess is in the Discord that I'm going to count. Uh, no one got that one right. The answer was John Cena versus Randy Orton. And um, again, with, with me doing them as vaguely as possible, it's going to fit a lot of stories. But I was, I'm looking for a specific one. It was John Cena versus Randy Orton. Not And, and so... That one was a little bit of trickery because I didn't pick an individual, you know, match. So like the Ray Mysterio one with Ray with Ray and Eddie, I picked like 1997 Halloween Havoc and the feud built around that. Or the one before that, it was a specific point in time, right? With Cena and Orton, it was more so their whole rivalry. So that was a little bit tricky. This one, it's uh, this week's uh, guess that storyline is going to be a little tricky as well because it's not necessarily a feud, but it's it's a storyline from start to finish, which encompasses um, a lot of a lot of months uh, involved in this one storyline. Um, and so it's not necessarily just one feud, but it's the whole storyline and it's it's not someone versus someone this is a single person storyline so it's just one one name that needs to be guessed i think that that's a lot of clues before i even read out the 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 description all right so this week's storyline um is a wwe storyline and is a compelling journey of an underdog wrestler who defied the odds it begins with his arrival as a talented yet overlooked wrestler struggling to gain recognition. Over time, his tenacity and entering skills earn him a passionate fan following. This narrative showcases his rise through various obstacles, including clashes with authority figures and doubters within the WWE. His pursuit of championship gold and his battles against bigger, more established opponents became the central themes of this storyline. There's a lot of clues in there um, to get this one. I think this, this one, this one's, you know, this one's accessible. You can get this one. I think this one's easy. So let's see who gets this one correct. And uh, um, with that, we'll go to our, our final segment here. Uh which is guess that champion. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to read out all of the, now these are only their championships in the WWE. So these will have to have been, these will be WWE wrestlers and their WWE champions. The only other time I will change that is if I take like an AEW wrestler, but AEW to me just hasn't had enough history to guess that. Right, they they don't have enough lineage to, to to really mess around with. 
So it's I'm going to focus namely on WWE superstars and their title history. So we're going to start off with this one here. This guy has a, a, a pretty decent resume. So we'll start off. He is a one-time NXT champion. He is a two-time world heavyweight champion. He is a two-time United States champion. A six-time intercontinental champion. A one-time SmackDown tag team champion. A two-time Raw tag team champion. And then a one-time world tag team champion. Um, I'm going to add this as well. He is also Mr. Money in the Bank. So uh, that is a title. That is part of his resume. So he is also Mr. Money in the Bank, or he was at one point Mr. Money in the Bank. Let's see who can get this champion. Uh, So guess again. You can guess that um, in the Discord. And um, with that, as we sign off here, um, again, join the Discord. Uh, you can get the link from the Casual Wrestling Community or the Casual Wrestling uh, Show on uh, that YouTube page run by Notorious Nerdy D. You, so please subscribe there. Give him some views. You know, watch his show. It's, you know. Um, but in his descriptions of his videos is the link to the Discord. Um, and then I just want to explain again to everyone who may have missed it in the beginning that starting this week, I won't be doing Saturday shows no more. Wednesdays will be the only episode. So this will be the only episode this week and going forward. Um, so until then... I will see you guys next Wednesday. Thank you all for watching and listening. Leave us a review, like, share, subscribe, you know, all that fun jazz. You can find me on Twitter or X, whatever we're going to call it, and TikTok at We2Deep413. That's W-E-T-O-O-D-E-E-P-413. Thank you all for tuning in, and I will see you all next week. Brother, I'm If I like it some more